We're speaking with people that are sending a pulse through their industry. Pulse through their industry. If you want to be taken seriously, you have to be consistent. Have to be consistent. You got to keep the big picture that hey, we're changing the world. We're changing. The league presents Electric People. All right, everybody. What we all came for, Deion Sanders. Sit down, please. How's everyone doing? First and foremost, I want to thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you guys for having me. I don't take it for granted. I don't take it lightly whatsoever. I'm uh, humbled that you would, you would want me to speak and not play cornerback. You know, <laughs> that, that was a joke. You'll get it in a minute. <laughs> I hear you guys have a wonderful team. I, see, I hear we have some phenomenal athletes, and all of you are straight balls. Is that true? I'm in, <laughs> well, I'm in the wrong place. I thought it was a rap concert when I was walking in the back. <laughs> I won't be before you long, man, but I want to have a good time. I mean, I, I, I have a crazy understanding that anything I do, I just like to have a good time. I want to have fun. I like to candidly articulate myself in a way that's very understandable. And the challenge that when you bring in a speaker is to try to bridge the gaps, bring all the ethnicities, all the social climates, all the backgrounds, the religions, the ideologies together and give them a positive message. So I'm going to try my best to give you that for a few minutes. Then we're going to have a good time with some Q&A so you can really play volleyball with me and ask me what you want to ask me. And I'm going to give it to you. Straight fastball with no chases. Is that OK? I think the thing that brings us all together that we really don't understand or comprehend, and this is my message of 2019, is time. Time. We have watches that elaborates that moment. We have phones. We have those things at home, in our apartments, in our houses, in our cars. But we still don't understand the essence of if you sleep six hours, we pretty much have, what, 18 hours left? So that means we have the same amount of time. Yet it's still, we all in different places, different levels, different understanding, different cars, different clothing. But we all pretty much have basically the same amount of time. But we don't understand it. How don't we understand? Time when we're looking at the same watch. How much time do you really have? And then society understands it so much that it's so profound and we don't get it. When they punish us and you go in front of a judge, the first thing you wonder and you ask is how much time did he get for his wrongdoings? So they punish us by alleviating and eliminating time. Yet and still, the only time that we understand the essence of that is when we reflect back on an old picture. Or when we look at an old relationship, or we, we see an old friend at a, a reunion of some sort. We start to think about time. This is a day after my 30th anniversary, they told me, from me being drafted from the Atlanta Falcons. And it, took me back to looking at some old pictures. I had a lot more hair then. <laughs> but time. I was a lot more, you know, I still look good now, but I was a lot more <laughs> because of time. And even though it was 30 years ago, a lot of you were probably infants. You probably just born. You probably was just trying to find your way through. But when you look back on time, things just ain't the same. But why is it the only time we take time serious is when we reflect? It is so vital, and I'm trying to get deep because I'm going to bring you to a point, is this most startling conversation we could have when we take somebody to the hospital, the doctor come out and say they only have so much more time. And now it becomes serious. Why isn't it serious now? Why, why, why do we have to have something tremendous and some turmoil to happen 
for us to understand the full description of time. I don't waste time. The reason I'm before you today is that I, I maximize my moments. I maximize my moments so much that you call me prime. <laughs> now we're getting there. But I want you to understand that you got to really understand this thing called time and really take advantage of every moment so you could be where you want to be, so you could go where you want to go, so you could do what you want to do, so you could see the things you want to see, so you could say the things you want to say, so you could live the life you want to live. But it all starts with, oh, now we get, well, I get, what was that first point I gave you? Commit. See, for us to arrive at the point that we want to arrive at, you got to commit. See, ladies, you understand that word, the fellas don't understand that word, do they? Because they, they hate that word commitment, but we just talk about commit. Okay, see, when you commit to something, you, you, you want it, you, 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 you adore it, you, you got to have it, you apprehend it, you subdue it, you, you want to dominate it, you, you're committing to it. I wouldn't be before you today if I wasn't committed. And sub but when you commit, you got to also submit to it. And you cannot waste your time. And when you do it, you got to commit. See, some of you aren't where you want to be because you're not all the way committed. Some of you not where you want to be because you're not all the way submitted. But some of you are really getting it together. And you have maximized your moments in the time that you allow. See, the second C is what? Count. Do you really make it count? I mean, when you get your opportunity to win it's on the line, when you got to close that deal, when you got to make that sale, when you got to bridge that gap, when you got to forge that relationship, do you really make it count? I'm talking about the time that you have. You got to make that time count. See, Beyonce sang just as good as a sister in the church. But the opportunities that she got, she made it count. That guy back there ain't no better than that guy right there. That guy right there may not be no better than that guy right there, but when that guy right there gets his opportunity, he makes it count. The only people that we adore, that we idolize, that we, we can't wait to see in the NBA playoffs is those individuals that make it count. See, those are the ones that drives you to the TV. Those are the ones that when they're on, you turn up the volume. Those are the ones that you flood in here you can't wait to see. Those are the ones who guarantees your, 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 your understanding and your attention because you gotta make it count. See, when I talk about making it count, you, you take it for granted, just like you do time. Because that's one of the principles in school that we learn early on, counting. But let me tell you why you don't really know how to count. But I love you, but I gotta tell you the truth because they told me to keep it 100, right? Counting. One plus one is? Two plus two is? You know how to add. You learn how to subtract. You learn how to multiply and divide. That was the first principles of mathematics. Am I right or wrong? So tell me something. Why don't you adhere to the mathematics of life? So let me make it plain, because I know I lost you for a moment. Let me bring you back. Either you're adding to my life, either you're helping me multiply in my life, or you are subtracting from my life or dividing me from the things in which I want to go to. So when you start adding to my life and helping me multiply, baby, you can stay. But when you start subtracting from my life and dividing me away from the things I know God has called me to, baby, you've got to go. But why don't you make that decision? Why don't you make that move? See, we struggle with the same old struggles. We don't have new devils. It's the same devil, just a different level. We don't have new trials, new tribulations. It's the same stuff that our foreparents, our forefathers was dealing with. 
You just don't talk to the other people so they can tell you how to handle what you need to handle because it needs to be handled. But the problem is you think you could change folks and you can't change folks. Therefore, you've got to understand the mathematics of life and make it count. Are you making every day count, man? Are you making your 18 hours count? See, I don't happen to do nothing. I don't happen to go nowhere. You're not gonna happen to see me anywhere because everything I do is on purpose, with purpose. Only reason I'm in Philly is for y'all. I can't stand the Phillies, I can't stand the Eagles, I can't stand the Flyers. Hey, but I love me some Philly cheesesteak, I got that, all right? Okay. But it, everything is on purpose. Are you living on purpose, man? Sweetheart, are you, are you living on purpose, with purpose? Like, you can't happen to be places. We're too old, we're too mature. We're too intelligent, we're too intellectual, we're too savvy, we're too brave, we're too proud to just happen to do something in your life right now. We can't just happen to live. We got to live on purpose. And every day, every hour that you ain't sleep, baby, you got to make it count. You've got to make it count. And my last C is challenge. Nothing's gonna change without a challenge. Who has kids? Put your hands down. You've been challenged. <laughs> Isn't it a darn shame, those of you who have two kids, that two kids could grow up in the same house, eat the same food, come from the same parent, and they're two totally different kids. I said, God, what you trying to do to me? He said, I'm trying to challenge you. But nothing grows, nothing matures, nothing progresses without a challenge. The only reason you're in this room right now, and they tell me it's the best of the best, they tell me you're the, you're the dogs, you're the movers, you're, you're the shakers, you're the ones that get it done. They, they told me you are the high stepper, you are the dancer. They told me you guys, you ladies and gentlemen, are some bad boys and girls. Is that right? That's what they told me. So is I'm foolish enough to believe what they told me, that means, baby, you're gonna have challenges. You're gonna have trials, you're gonna have tribulations. You're gonna have dilemmas. You're gonna make decisions. The only reason that we're here right now is because of the decisions we made. I wasn't the smartest, although I had the highest GP on my football team. I don't know if that's saying a lot, but I did. I wasn't the best. I was the fastest. But I'm here because when everyone decided to take a left, I stayed right. It's the only reason I'm for you today. And we are all in a place that we are, the way we live, the way we give, what we drive, what we wear, is because of the decision you made. Think about it. Every last, I, man, I, I'm praying, I produce TV shows too, and I'm trying to do this show right now, and if one of you take my show idea, I promise you I will find you, okay? <laughs> it's a show. Let me give you the premise. You're good at what? Tell me. What you're good at? What is one of your attributes? Uh, basketball. basketball. But you weren't the best basketball player in your neighborhood, correct? Right. But you're better than that guy that was a little better because he don't even play no more. Because he took a left when you stayed right. Just say, who's a great salesman? I mean, we got a room full of salesmen. Who's a great salesman? Who, who, who consider themselves a great, come on. He's top, he's top right here, right here. Yeah, <laughs> First of all, I shouldn't have to ask twice. If you that dude, say you that dude. Feel you that dude. Have the confidence you in that dude. You smell the cologne that I'm wearing? It's my natural odor, it's called confidence. It's my natural odor. I'm not even wearing cologne. I don't wear cologne. That's my natural odor. You gotta walk in that. It don't have to be an arrogant type thing. It don't have to be a cocky. It don't have to be a flamboyant thing. But you gotta feel it. You gotta live it. And when you feel it and you live it, everybody else, it permeates the whole room. When I walked in this room and I grabbed this microphone, immediately the temperature dropped. The temperature dropped to where I wanted it to be. I had to calm you down because you was just off the little rap city thing and I had to slowly get your attention. So all this is what I'm talking about is very strategic. 
So walk in it. Let me tell you something, man. Even though you may be the best, you probably know someone that's better. But guess what? They also took the left when you stayed right. And see, all these people that I'm talking about that are in my hometown, I barely ever go home because I get tired of hearing the same old stupid stories. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't commit, you know, they didn't subdue, they didn't dominate, they didn't challenge themselves, they, 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 they didn't do any of the, the points that I'm trying to elaborate with you guys. And the only reason is because they just didn't want it. They are idas. You know what an ida is? I see them every time I go home. Every time I come to one of these engagements, one of these gatherings, and when I tell you what an idea is, you're going to understand what an idea is, and you're going to identify two idas right off the top. An uh, idea is, every time I go home to my hometown, Fort Myers, Florida, somebody run up to me, hey, Brian, guess what, boy? But if I had to stop smoking, I'd have been right where you are. Brian, guess what, man? You know, but if I had to just stop drinking, I'd have been way better than you. Cool. Prime, guess what, man? Boy, if I hadn't had them kids in high school, boy, look at him. I'd have made so much more money than you, man. I'd have built my mother out of this. Ida's. Ida did this. Ida did that. We don't need no more Ida's in this room. We need doers. I ain't talking about sayers. I'm talking about doers. I'm talking about people that's bona fide, that's going to get up with an agenda in their mind, with a goal, and they just going to do it. I mean, I'm talking about they're going to walk in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about the people that's, gonna, that's willing to walk through the crowd and cut through the sea because they're talking about you, they naysaying you, they lying on you, they cheating, they stabbing you in the back, and they're supposed to be your boy or your family member, but you still cut through it anyway. I'm talking about those type people. Do we have any of those type people in the building? Yeah. I'm talking about those whosoever will type people, those, those ones that don't give a darn if it's raining, if it's snowing, if it's sleep. It, it don't give a darn what's going on. You got a sickness, you got an illness, but you're going to get it done because you gave them your word that you're going to get it done. See, that's the kind of brother I am. You know why I'm standing up here today? Because I separated myself. I never drank. I never smoked. I stopped using profanity my sophomore year in college. I don't lie. I don't cheat. I don't steal. See, you thought Prime did all those things, but Dion ain't never done none of them, or Prime didn't either. You got caught up in the image. The that I created that you can imagine that I was so I could make so much dirt money that my mama would never have to work another day in her life. That's an image I created. That was not me. I was the first thing on the field and the last thing to leave. I studied so darn much when Jerry Rice was about to fart. I said, excuse me, even before he did. <laughs> I knew my opponent, baby. I knew my opponent. I knew my goals. I knew my ambitions. I had a goal in my mind to retire my mama for the rest of her life and when no media was going to betray me or destroy me, when no friends, when no family members, when no homies, none of that got in my way because I was focused. I was committed. I made it count. And if nobody challenged me, I challenged myself. And I think it's probably about 21 of y'all in here right now with that same type of attitude, that same type of tenacity, that same type of feeling, that same type of thought process, that same type of focus, that same type of vigor, that same type of understanding, that same type of knowledge. Do I have at least 21 people in here that are go-getters, that are dogs, that are... That are, that are can I get some water? I'm starting to feel real good right now. Preach. This is an honor, man. It really is. Because you don't understand how much influence that you have. You don't understand how much understanding and wisdom and authority that you have. It's so many people in your family is looking up to you, is waiting on you. It's so many of your kids is looking up to you. Your, your fiancés, your wives, your girlfriends, your boyfriends, your cousins, your relatives. You guys are special. But until you understand it, and until you know it, and until you walk in it, it ain't going to be what you want it to be. Until you activate it. And it's about time that you stop taking time for granted. Because you are on the clock. That's what they're going to say tomorrow when I get my butt to Tennessee. They're going to say the first round is on 
the clock. That means that team only has so many minutes. They've, they've done their research, they've done their study, they've done their preparation. Now they're gonna pick someone that can change the destiny of their organization. All you are picked. You are here. You are on the team. You're on a wonderful, phenomenal, great team that's flat out winning. A team that enables you to go get it and to get what you want. If you kill, you eat. If you don't kill, you don't eat. I love those type of teams. I love those type of teams because it can't be no be nobody on the sideline just in a uniform that ain't working. It can't nobody be on the field just in a uniform ain't working. They call that where I come from a referee or a cheerleader. Because when you put on that equipment and you on that field, baby, you got to go to work. So all of you in here, I look forward to seeing you go to work and dominate because they about to launch the lunch, the top 100 athletes, and not athletes, football players of all time. And someone had the audacity in the back room to ask me, Prime, were you on that team? I said, I ain't on the team and ain't gonna be no team. <laughs> I can't think of but one or two people who would be them. I can't even think of them. <laughs> Now we're gonna have a good time. I've got my points. I've challenged you to do a few things, and I promise you, and I got a feeling that you're gonna do it because we have that kind of relationship now. Now we're gonna have more fun because you get to ask me anything you want. I'm gonna answer you. It's gonna be no filter, no chaser. You can ask me about my exes. I'm gonna answer you and tell you who they were. Why they exes right now? I'm just joking with you. But we're gonna have a good time. Are we ready? Who's first? What kind of watch you have on? You, you don't understand, I just started back wearing jewelry probably about three years ago. So honestly, all the jewelry I had, I don't know what happened to it. People stole it. I know I gave a lot of it to my sister, the big chains and stuff I had. I'm from Florida. See, there was a peer pressure in Florida. It wasn't selling dope and it was selling dope. It was doing drugs and all that, but I ain't fall to none of that stuff. But the peer pressure in Florida was jewelry. We had to have some jewelry or you had to have gold in your mouth. And I felt for peer pressure. So that's why I started wearing weight. We called it weight back at, back at the crib. And my uncle was a drug dealer, so he gave me all the weight you see me with in college. That's where it came from. It came from my uncle. So once I got into the pros, I started classing it up a little bit. So I started turning a lot of the big chains into diamonds and all that. But I still don't know where a lot of that went. But just a few years ago, I start back wearing the jewelry. So this is a very subtle but effective watch. I don't even know what the name of it is. Maybe Rado, I don't know. I just saw it one day when I was buying ring shopping for my girl and I, and I picked it up. So I don't even know. I, I wear a couple chains. One say I believe and one is 21. Excuse me? Meaning of life is um, I tried to capture my EA, not my IE. Prime, what that mean? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Most of you in here right now, if it's 99 of you, 100 in you right now, probably 95 is chasing the IE. That's the piece. P-I-E, spell it, C. That's how to spell piece, right? Right? Ain't about that. See, I had all that, and it didn't give me my EA. So right now, I'm all about my P-E-A-C-E. -E. See, so many people chase peace. Why they don't have peace? The way to go about it is to get the peace. Then go get your peace. I just preached it, y'all didn't even clap. That was some good stuff. See, that, that's one of those things you're gonna get on the way home, you're gonna say, well that brother said something deep then. Darn it, that was deep. Go after your EA, not your IE. Because if you don't have your, your IE, your EA, you're not gonna be able to manage your IE. You brought a letter to your younger self and you say life is about moments. We each have multiple moments in our life. It's what we do with those moments that separate us. You are the only man to play in both Super Bowl and World Series. Mm -hmm to hit a home run and score an NFL touchdown in the same week. Same week. And um, to have a reception and interception in a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So what do you think is your be the best moment in your sport life? And what do, you, what do you did in that moment that separate from the rest? The best moments in my sports life, the best moment in my sports life was 
When I got drafted by the Atlanta Falcons, 1989, yesterday, whatever the date is, I don't even know the date. When I walked, oh, I didn't walk across the stage, I went in the draft, I was over at my attorney's home. Couldn't do it in my house, but we had rats and roaches and all kinds of stuff, we weren't gonna do it there. My house was too, way too small for that. So I did it in Chicago at my would-be agent at the time's home. And I remember when they called, I knew once I picked up that phone that my life would never be the same. But it wasn't about me. See, I created the image primetime in college because someone gave me a pamphlet my sophomore year, at the end of my freshman year. They gave me a pamphlet and they told me how much everybody made in the NFL. And at that time, the defensive backs were one of the worst paid positions in the league, defensive backs and offensive linemen at that particular time. I said, I can't have this because I just, for, for, I had foregone, I'm trying to connect the word, I had surpassed a offer from the Kansas City Royals out of high school for $75,000. And I said, that ain't enough money to do what I wanted to do for my mom. So I would always bet on me. I'm not a betting man, I don't bet on anything else, but 21 black. <laughs> That's another one you're going to get tomorrow when you're on the way home. <laughs> so I came up with this whole persona in my dormitory room at Florida State, primetime. Whether you loved them or you hated them, you wanted to see him play. He would pack stadiums. You would love him, you would hate him, you, you would, you would, you would. <laughs> They have disdain for him, dislike, especially if he played against you. But you wanted to see him play. So I created an image, something you imagine, an image that was so far detached from me. I had a black book with quotes that I already had ready. Prime, how did you feel about that punt return? Baby, I thought you knew. Whenever I catch the ball, the band should immediately get up and start to play. Those type of things, I had already written them down and rehearsed them, so I regurgitated when the moment came because I knew I had the goods. I just had to create the character. Clark Kent really ain't Superman. You know what I'm saying? I, it was a character. Arnold Schwarzenegger ain't a Terminator. But you really thought Prime was me. Wasn't me. It's a character I created so I could secure my mama. So back to what you were asking me. The best play I ever made was when I signed the dotted line in 89. It's the lyrics from Must Be the Money. And I got paid. And my mother never had to work another day in her life. You're supposed to clap right there. That's the biggest play I ever made. Along those lines of the draft, your draft most famous, or your combine, one of the most famous combines ever, right? So can you walk? These guys, those of them that don't know. Uh, a, a combine, ladies and some gentlemen, are, is the place that you go for like a series of events that should separate you from your opponents. Now, when you are as good as Prime was, you really didn't need to go to the combine, but you were so confident that you had no reason not to, because all they wanted to see you do was to secure that you could run like they say you could run. It, it's not like they didn't believe you, they just wanted to know how fast. So, like they do the bench press at the combine, you know, for cornerbacks, right? Defensive backs, everybody. I'm sitting up there trying to figure out what corner, what receiver is going to lay across my arms and let me push him up and down. That's not going to happen. So why would I be doing that? I'm sitting up there trying to figure out why would I run for that cone, that cone, that cone, and it's not going to happen. It don't make sense. Why would I jump straight up in the air to try to touch uh, uh, whatever they have up there? That, that don't even make sense to me. That's not going to happen. Why would I be taking a test in the Giants room? They had a test about that thick that I stumbled into the room and they said, good, Mr. Sanders, you need to take this test. I said, what pick are you? They say 10th. I said, I will be gone by the end. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be gone. Confidence. So, so, that's a true story. So I, I, I ran the 40 at the combine, and that was it. So it was time for me to leave. You got to understand, I was in spring training. 
you know. So I was, combine is in what? What might have? I know I was in spring training. I had left to come back, or I was getting ready to go to spring training. It was one or the other. So I couldn't really spend a lot of time meandering around then. I was there on purpose. Yeah, but how, how did you show up for the combine? I, sh I showed up in a suit. I was there for business. <laughs> no, I wasn't in no stretch limo. That was a lie. But it, it fit the persona. So I never, re I never uh, you know, I never was competitive about the lie, I let the lie flow. Some lies you gotta just let flow, because they're in your favor. <laughs> let the lie flow, I just let it flow. Well, the, the, line, the line ride, the line ride is he said, cheetahs don't stretch. Oh yeah, 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 they, I don't, you know, I could run. I ain't need no trainers, I didn't need no track coach, I didn't need none of that, I can run. I've been running, I, I, I lived in front of the graveyard when I was a kid, my, my crib right here, Little bitty crib, graveyard right there, graveyard down there. I would run and try to catch a car light coming down the street because we were scared. We heard all the stupid stories of the graveyard. So I would run and I would fly. I could fly. I mean, I was during the coming off the ground, we were so scared of sometimes when we stayed out a little too late. Because back in the day, that's when your mama said, you better not let that light catch you. And she meant it. You know, now, little Johnny, don't you be late. <laughs> you know, we got to pacify our kids. Now, y'all do. I don't. We got to pacify our kids. I still hand out whoopers in my house. <laughs> y'all go into the corner. Where you got to go into your room. Where you got a 60-inch plasma in his room. I can't see him in the room. <laughs> you know? He got direct TV. He got Apple TV. He got everything. I'm going to send him to his room. That's what he wants. I got a party. He got a jacuzzi tub. No, I can't do that. So. That's, that's really what it was at the Combine, man. I, I went there, did my thing, and I left. But I was in a suit. That's the part of the story they don't tell you. I was in a suit, and there were all the players, and they said, excuse me, sir, no agents. I said, no, I'm a player. I'm a player. Yes, sir. Talk yeah. relationships, you know, getting not shifted. to be so trusting, yeah. not to be so accepting, not to be so outgoing. That's the thing. And never do business with a person that has never been on a part of a team. Never. Because the selfishness and the individualism will overtake everything. I only do business with people that have been on parts of a team. So I don't care who it is that comes to the table. One of the questions I'm going to ask, have you ever been on a team? I don't give a darn if it was a kickball team. It could have been a debate team. But as long as you've been on the team, you're going to know how to work well with others. If you hadn't, you're not. And we're going to have a problem. Because see, I'm used to a team. I'm used to you having your part, I'm having my part. If we both handle our parts together, we're going to be OK. I love team. Although there's an I in the middle of Dion, and an I in the middle of Win, and an I in the middle of Prime, I still love team. <laughs> yes. What disciplines do you have in place to maximize your time? Say that again? What disciplines do you have in place Dude, to maximize your time? I'm one of the most disciplined guys in the world. I, I, I never really had trainers. I don't need trainers. I get up and work out. I, I work out before I eat breakfast. I only eat uh, oatmeal with, with, with mango, um, three egg whites, turkey bacon, wheat toast, water, and coffee. And my housekeepers say, Mr. Sanders, you eat the same thing every day. I say, yeah, because it's good. <laughs> it's darn good. So I, I'm disciplined to what I want to be disciplined to. I, I, what you got to understand, where I grew up at and how I grew up, to sit up here and tell you guys the flat out honest truth. I've never smoked a day of my life. I've never put a cigarette to my lips. I've never been high. I've never tasted alcohol in my life. I was so upset and angry. One time I had high stepped the San Diego Chargers for about 90, 93, something like that. Yeah, Google it, it's real. And, uh, <laughs> and when I came in the tunnel after the game, they threw beer on my head. I wasn't upset at the fact that they threw beer on my head. I was upset at the fact that I could smell it. I could smell it. I could smell alcohol, I could smell drugs from a mile away, and that's why I was upset. So in understanding, stopping myself from cursing, using profanity, my sophomore year at Florida State, this is the end of my freshman year, so I say my sophomore year at Florida State, by what I loved the most, I wanted money. So I figured I was like a $5 customer. I'm going to give you a game. You're going to try to do this. It depends on what level of cusser that you are. 
I was a five dollar cuss. I really didn't use the double words, the MFs, the SOBs. I really used it. I didn't really use that. I just used single words. So I got five dollars worth of hundred, you know, a hundred dollars worth of fives. And every time I used profanity, I gave away five dollars. My affection for money stopped me from cussing. <laughs> Expeditiously. <laughs> True story. So I have the innate ability and the innate discipline like you've never seen before. Discipline. If I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. I don't have alarm clocks, but I'm going to be on time. I don't play by time. Like I told you, I'm going to always be there. If I got to be somewhere, about a, 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 a meeting in the city or whatever is at 4, I, I got to be there at 345. I'm going to be down in the area. I'm going to be there. I don't play about time. And I respect your time enough to be on time. Amen. Why did you choose Florida State over Miami? And what was like the recruiting edge that they had over you? It's a great question. First and foremost, that particular year, the recruiter from the Fort Myers, Florida area of Miami got fired. So they never recruited my area. Um, Bobby Bowden was unbelievable. I was one of those guys that I didn't want to go two hours away from home. I wanted to get away from home, but I wanted to be close enough where mama could get to the games. Okay, so Florida State was like six hours away. It's far enough away that I couldn't dip and get back every day because, see, my mama kept it 100. She'd say two things. I said, Mom, you know, all these colleges, not all these colleges, a few of these colleges recruit me. What do you think I should do? Her exact words with Negro, I don't care what you do, but you're getting about him. So that's, that's old school mama. That's how mama was. And that was real. And you ain't coming back once you leave. That's how we got down. That's how my mama got down with me. So Florida State, defensive back coach name was Mickey Andrews, defense coordinator. He didn't parade me with this and adulation. He said, hey man, you come here and work your butt off, you have a chance to play. I went to the University of Florida on a visit. And the dorms was up under the stadium. Why would I want to, I love football, but not that much. I don't want to live in the darn stadium, okay? And you had the community bathrooms where you had to take the little pail and you go down and take a shower. I had never seen that before. You know, I'm coming, I'm a friend, I'm, I'm coming from the crib. I ain't never seen that before. So I got to go bathe with everybody, I ain't gonna do all that. And then the locker that they have set up for you, you know, they put all your stuff in the locker and that's why everything means something to me, man. Everything should mean something to you. They had a locker and they had my number and another guy and another guy had the same number. So I walk up to the coach, I say, you don't plan on me playing, huh? Yeah, yeah, well, why would you give all of them the same number? That's how anal I was. I went to the University of Georgia. Back in the day, you guys had gotta have Asia to understand who Vince Dooley was. Vince Dooley was uh, Georgia at that time. He was the University of Georgia. They had just got their butt kicked by Georgia Tech. Come on a visit. First of all, it's cold. You should never send a Florida boy to Georgia in December with a curl. That don't mix. <laughs> time I step off the plane, the curl froze. I ain't had no socks on because we ain't wear socks in Florida at that time. I ain't had no jacket. You know, that's, that's who I was. I get all curl froze, it's freezing. And then I see you get your butt kicked. Then you had the audacity the day after the game, I go into the meeting room. And Mr. Dooley said, how you doing? Deion Sanders said, yes, sir, good to meet you. Hey, watch your film. After you red shirt a year, you're going to really be able to contribute with us. I said, red shirt, what I just saw, I can start for you right now. I was dead serious, I ain't laughing. Walked out, crossed them off the list. Went to Florida State. They had a black chef, Miss Betty, and a black cook, Pasco. Woo, see right there? I know my mama ain't going to be there. I need some folks that can understand the way I eat. They understood that. Our dorms was like apartments. We had a front room, a kitchen, and a back room, two-tour room. We had a pool in the middle. I said, oh, yeah. Then I see the coach saying, hey, work your butt off. You got a chance to play. That's all I needed was a chance. I didn't need, are you going to start? I ain't need none of that. I need to know if it was work to be done and I do it, I'm going to be rewarded. I need to know. If there's work to be done and you do it, you're going to be rewarded. Isn't that the way your company works? Yeah. I 
I'll take that deal any day because I'm a bona fide worker. That's who I am. Yes, ma'am. What is your best relationship advice with your team members and your spouse? Well, I've been divorced twice, so the spouse question is out. <laughs> the best relationship advice is get your prenup and make sure it sticks. I'm still in court after nine years, but I had a good one. True story. Best relationship for my team members. Understand who you are, what you are, how you are. Why you are, what you are. Do what you do. And do what you do. Understand who you are. Don't try to do what I do, because you ain't me. You don't have that. I don't have what you have. God created us, created us totally different. You got a gift that ain't my gift. I got a gift that ain't your gift. That's why we call it team. Because if I do my job, you do your job. Baby, we got to win. But when you start trying to do my thing and do your thing, somebody's thing is going to lack. So as a team, do what you do. And do it like no other so you create value. You got to create value. Quit worrying about what he does. Quit worrying about what he does. Quit worrying about what he does or she does. Do what you do, baby. When I went to the Falcons in 89, I think in 90 or 91, we drafted a corner with the third pick in the first round. His name was Bruce Pickens out of Nebraska. Now, I could have easily gotten jealous. You drafting a corner and you paying him a little more than me? Have you lost your mind? Do you know who I am? Do you know what I do? Only reason you drafted him because you're hoping you could find another me. I knew all that. But I took that kid up under my wing and I tried to develop him. I tried to make sure he had it, but he didn't have the work ethic. He didn't have the want. He didn't have the desire. But I didn't get jealous because I knew the better he was and the more he got paid, then guess what? Prime get to say, hey, it's my time because I was shutting it down. So the better he was, the better the team was. The better I was, the better the team was. Like I say, it's not an I in those things, but it's an I in my name and it's an I in prime. So you gotta do your thing so we could do our thing. You understood? Yeah. Okay. So you were on, so these guys all manage teams. Mm -hmm. And you were on Super Bowl teams. Then you were on some bad teams, right? Yep. Talk to talk to us about the culture on the Super Bowl teams versus the bad teams. The, the, let me go with the bad teams. The bad teams it starts from the top. You don't just get bad overnight. You're bad already, and it's something that you inherit from the top. It's not an expectation of winning. It's an expectation of competing. That's why I had, to, I had played out my welcome with the Falcons. I was trying to be the best ever. They was just trying to compete. So little do you know, I never wanted to leave Atlanta. Atlanta left me because they know they couldn't satisfy my appetite. I was a free agent, and they didn't even try or attempt to resign me because they understood that they didn't have what I had. So it starts there. When you sit on the plane as a rookie, when you've been 11 and one and 11 and one your last two years of college football with only one loss, and you're furious with that one loss, and you get on a plane and you lose, and the kids are talking about, not the kids, the grown men are talking about what strip joint they're gonna go to after the game when we land. Are they drinking beer and having a good time, laughing about us getting our butts kicked? I couldn't take it. I used to sit back on that plane and was furious because I wanted to win and I wanted to be the best ever. You rarely see the best ever on a bad team. Because the more your team win, the more what? Pro bowlers. You think it's ironic that usually the team that wins the most in regular season with the most best statistics are the team that uh, uh, presents the most pro bowlers in the NFL? That's, that's in the, the bad teams are the teams that presents the fewest pro bowlers in the NFL, that's just how it is. So the intangible is the mentality, it's an attitude. And oftentimes it starts with that leader. So when I got a bad situation, look at leadership. In leadership, you gotta reflect leadership. You gotta reflect leadership. Whatsoever, 100%, if there's a leader and a team is bad, I gotta deal with the leader because he's the coach. 
I don't get mad at players. I get mad at the coach. And sometimes I get mad at players because players, it, whoever drafted those guys, I want to see you. You brought them in here. Now, on the good teams, the Dallas Cowboys, the San Francisco 49ers, the Atlanta Braves, the great teams that I played for, everybody practiced with a certain tenacity. They studied with a certain understanding. They went about their job with a certain professionalism. And they desired to win at all costs. I'm not talking about just win. They wanted to humiliate the opponent. They wanted to dominate. They wanted to be the best at what they did. That was the difference. Being in a, that locker room and being in that locker room was a distinct difference. And you got to ask yourself, what are you doing to make sure this atmosphere, atmosphere is singing winning songs? Is doing the things that you need to do for your team to win. And coaches, you got to coach. Coaches, you got to lead. Because see, this ain't a generation where you can look back and say, because I said so. Because everybody's watching you now. They're watching you to the point that they're following you. They're watching your social media. They're watching your Instagram. And they're talking. They're communicating about you. So if your team is lackluster, that has a lot to do with you, 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 and you. Step your game up. Step your game up. Step your game up. Hey, Dion, uh, real quick, what were some daily things you did to kind of fuel your drive and being the best in the league and the best in the game? And steady like no other, man. It's an it's a iconic shot. It's iconic to me because I know what it represents. I'm sitting in uh, my locker at the Super Bowl. I have on some dollar sign draws, because that's, that's how I got down, ladies. I was letting my teammates know you could count on me. So I wore green dollar sign draws to every game. And I'm sitting back in these draws. My uniform is laid out like I always laid it out from top to bottom, so I could just see what it was going to be. I like, I'm, I'm big on visuals. I would lay out everything, socks shoes, wristbands, it would look like I was laying on the ground. You can Google this picture, it's out there. And I'm sitting in my locker, lean, I'm sitting outside my locker, lean back, looking at, kind of at the locker. But if you zoom in real tight on that picture that I'm saying is iconic, you'll see a, a video recorder in my lap. I'm watching my opponents right up until kickoff. I watched my opponents on the plane all the way there. I knew everything about the guy I was playing against. I knew when Jerry Rice broke the huddle to the left and he put his outside foot in, he was running the inside route. I know if Michael Irvin stood up, it was a run. If he bent over, it was a pass. I knew if that lineman had his fingertips on there, it's a pass. If he was down with his knuckles and I could see the veins in his hand, that means it was a run. I studied so much. I knew the West Coast offense. Not only did I study the players I played against, I studied the offensive coordinators because players change. These coordinators remain the same and they're still in the league year after year after year. They just use new players to execute what they've been doing for life. I knew the West Coast offense like the back of my hand. I knew all that stuff. So what separated me was the preparation. And then preparation with talent, baby, you got a Hall of Fame. Then preparation with talent and then with want and ain't going to give up and felt like I owed you. I don't know what the ticket was back in the day. It was 50 something, $60-something, $70. $70. I felt like all of you came to see me play. And I was not going to leave you disappointed on the way home. I was going to give you a memory. That's the way I thought, man. That's just the way I got down. That's the way I went about the game. I did not want to leave you desiring more from experience that you had. I wanted you to talk, man. I don't like it, but boy, he sure killed my eagles on Monday night, too. Google it. Thanks, guys. What's up, Brian? Favorite corner of all time, man. DG a close second. I just wanted to let you know that because you did play in the skins. But look, um, we met once before at the Who's Who room. What's that? The Who's Who room. I don't remember. Prime at, at your club down Dallas. I had no Who's Who room. Yeah. 
The who's who room That's what y'all called at it? At the club? Yeah. I didn't know what they had a name. At the VIP room. I thought it was VIP. Yeah. Hey, yeah. you go to who's who, okay. Yeah, I didn't know what you was talking about, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. All right, so my question is this. Um, so we know you were superior talent when you stepped on the field weekly. Um, and talent isn't necessarily everything, but it definitely helps, right? Yeah. But uh, my question is, how did you mentally prepare or should I say, how do you keep yourself mentally grounded so you would never let a moment slip to help you maintain that level of dominance when you was out there doing what you do? I don't know if it's a such thing as mentally grounded because on the field, you want me to be ignorant. You, you want me to be that dog. You want me to be tenacious and have tenacity. You, you want all of that. But I never, baseball taught me never to get too high or too low. Baseball taught me that. Like I never got out of character maybe a couple times on the field where I had to put these hands on somebody because they doubted Prime a little bit. So I had to let them know, Prime ain't no punk now. Come up here and get these hands if you want to. So I had to let them know that. But honestly, I never got too up or too down. So I never got too high or too low. But I learned that from baseball. It wouldn't see football like I had the right to do that. So after I danced and high stepped and all that, you would follow, if you follow me on the camera, I'd just go sit on the bench. And I would sit by myself most of the time because I was in the zone. Because I had to stay mentally prepared because a lot of games I got bored because I wasn't getting no action. So I had to stay mentally, mentally, mentally in the game. And that's something that you got to stay. You got to stay mentally in your game. You got so many distractions with these darn phones. You got so many distractions with television. You got so many distractions with light. You got to stay focused, man. You got to stay focused in the, 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 the thing that causes you to have an accident, even on the road in your car, is when you're losing focus. Because you're distracted by that thing right there. You're distracted by what happened at work that day. You're distracted by what happened at home. You're distracted by your child. You, you're distracted by, you didn't live up to expectations. No, no, baby, you gotta shake that off. You gotta know that back. Get up to the plate and let's go. Folks are dependent on you. Your family's dependent on you. Your coworkers dependent on you. Your boss is dependent on you. You got to come on with the come on. You ain't got time for no timeouts. You live in a life where you ain't got time for a timeout. I don't want to hear, oh, my mama sick, or oh, somebody else's mama sick too. I don't want to hear when my kid is acting out, who's ain't? How do I got an ailment? Yeah, I'm hurting too. My foot hurting right now. I got Dr. Scholes in the left foot, I'm telling you. And I'm coming off a of back surgery. So you ain't got time to have a pity party, man. You got to maximize these moments. Because I told you in the start, everybody got to watch, everybody got a clock, but you still don't know how much time you got left. Maximize your darn moments and make the most. You got to live. Separate yourself by the moments that you maximize. That's some real talk, man. Sooner or later, you're going to get it in your spirit and you're going to stop wasting time. All of us have suffered a loss of somebody we care about dearly, probably in the last year or two. But we got to keep on keeping on. Ain't nobody gonna have no pity party. You get sick, go in the hospital, stay in there longer than a week and see how many people still visit you. They gonna come see you the first week, but after that, they gotta move on. So it's on you. It's on you to live your life the way it should be lived. And that's what I got, baby. Thanks for hanging out with us today. This is Electric People. Take these principles and go be electric.